Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. I grew up like most kids, worried I couldn't bench two plates, that I wouldn't fit in, that I wouldn't find love. Then I discovered partying, and suddenly all those worries went to the wayside. I didn't need love. I had keg stands. I discovered I was great at raging, and it revealed wonderful things about myself. I could relate to bros, regardless of what kind of bro they were. I could be at a party and moon people and everyone would laugh, you know, be witty. Or I could play beer pong and compete with real integrity. In short, I fulfilled my potential. The Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. I don't know why this is the case for the first time ever for me, but I am glued to the college football playoff ranking show right now. What is that coming out? In the next hour? Looks like in the next hour. ESPN's got a show on for the next hour. Seven to eight. So we're going to find out, you know, college football rankings, and this is the first time that this committee is putting those out. Um, And maybe it's a personal uh, uniqueness that I do have a buddy that one of my best friends went to Wake Forest and Wake Forest is having one of their best seasons ever. They are undefeated and it's like, okay, well, if an undefeated Wake Forest team wins the ACC, how can you keep them out? How could you possibly keep out a power five school that has won it all? And I think I'm here for that debate in part because I have a friend that went there. So maybe that's the reason. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else going on in college football this year that is different? I don't think so. Um, but anyways, not here to talk about that tonight. Although when that comes out, I might want to talk about it a little bit where Michigan state gets placed Oregon versus Ohio state, Oregon beat Ohio state, but they also have one of the worst losses of any of these teams this year to Stanford. Uh, a lot of interesting things. Alabama, of course, they're going to be way higher than everybody wants them to be. Um, so that's going to be happening in the next hour. Jody Biasi here on the Nightcap on WGR. Again, not going to talk college football playoff. I do want to talk about Chris Trapasso's tweets about Mitch Trubisky 
just for just for a few minutes here. The Bills did not do anything today on deadline day. Now, what generally is the the routine on NFL trade deadline day? We get days and days of lists and reports and rumors about star players and the potential for them to be moved. This year, it was Odell Beckham, and it was Deshaun Watson, and it was Fletcher Cox, and it was Brandon Cooks and Allen Robinson and Deshaun Jackson, and you had a guy named Dr. something, Dr. Duvernay, whatever his name is, got traded from the Chiefs to the Jets, a guard that isn't dressed all season that nobody has ever heard of. Like, that, that's what you get. You don't get much. But what you, you, did, you did have yesterday the Von Miller trade, and that's part of this. That's a big trade, and that will be a part of this conversation. What we get to now is what did the Bills try to do? Now, we don't know. We don't know for sure. We only have what's been rumored. And we have two rumors slash reports on what the Bills attempted to accomplish on trade deadline day. One of which was trading their backup quarterback to the Washington football team. Now, how, what level of interest did the Bills have in actually making that deal? Maybe it was not much. But what we had from Chris Trapasso from CBS, who knows his stuff, was, quote, this which never fully came to fruition, referencing a tweet about a Bills trade potentially being on the horizon, was Buffalo sending Mitch Trubisky to Washington football team, was assured this morning it was just about done, which is why I tweeted might. I was exception- It was exceptionally close to going down. I do not know why it didn't. It was ex- exceptionally close to going down. The Bills were not only open, but were maybe even about to pull the trigger on a deal that would have traded away their backup quarterback. And we've heard all the arguments as to why that's not a good idea. The Bills are in a Super Bowl window. They are literally the Super Bowl favorite at any sports book you can find. They, to me, are the most complete team in the AFC. I don't even think it's close. They have the best defense going right now. They have the best offense in terms of points. Are they the best offense efficiency-wise this year? No. I think Josh Allen's been worse than he was last year, which is kind of interesting to me, and that's not saying much. There's been the regression that we've talked about, but it's been pretty minuscule. So even while saying I think Allen was better last year than he was this year, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's close enough to where I probably shouldn't have even said that. Allen is the MVP favorite. You've got that defense, you've got that quarterback, you've got those weapons, you've got depth at every position except really tight end, which is why I was looking for a tight end today. You've got depth everywhere, you've got good players everywhere. You know, maybe you don't have these game-breaking all-pros at every single position, but you've got good quality players at every position. You're complete. You're the best team, the best well-built team in the conference, in my opinion. And the quarterback going down would be devastating. It would be devastating, depending on the amount of time. Now, this is where the Trubisky idea to me and the defense of not doing this fell apart. I think we have vastly overrated. As the guy, I'll bring it up. The Bills signing Mitch Trubisky was an idea that I was writing about on our website like two months before it happened. 
February 2nd of 2021, I wrote an article at WGR550.com that Mitch Trubisky should be the Bills' backup quarterback. Now, that being said, I think we have vastly overrated his value. If Josh Allen were to be lost for the season, this team is not winning a Super Bowl with Mitch Trubisky. They're, he is not a quarterback, in my opinion, capable of doing that. We have more than enough evidence of what he was in Chicago to know what he is. He's a he's fine. You know, he's a he's probably a bottom 10 starting quarterback in the NFL. I think he's better than almost every backup, if not all of them, and he's probably better than four or five, six starters in the league. If I were going to rank every quarterback in football, I might put him somewhere between 20 and 30, which is fine. He doesn't turn the football over. This is why I liked him as the backup quarterback idea, and I still like that he's here, very much so. He doesn't turn the football over. He is mobile. And he's efficient. And his arm strength is not so pitiful that he can't take the occasional shot down the field. He's got just enough arm strength to be able to do that. He doesn't turn it over, and he's mobile. He's a, he's a perfect backup quarterback. He's great for that. But I think you're kidding yourself if you think this team can win a Super Bowl with him as their quarterback. The Bears have had great rosters around him. That second year where the Bears go 11-3 and in the regular season. How did they go 11-3? and They went with an elite defense. They had a great running game. And Trubisky was just efficient. You know, not the Allen meteoric type season he had last year where he's throwing almost 40 touchdowns and he's throwing for almost 5,000 yards. Look at what Trubisky was. 230 yards a game, 3,200 yards, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and, you know, pretty good rushing. 400 yards rushing and three rushing touchdowns. That's good. And then what happened? He got to the playoffs and he just didn't have it. They scored 15 points at home. In a playoff game, they scored 15 points. Why? He's limited. He is limited as your quarterback. Now, where is the value in having Mitch Trubisky as your backup quarterback? The reason why I wanted to sign him, well, I'm glad he's here, is if Allen were to go down for an intermediate injury, not a short-term injury, but also not a season killer. You know, something between four, six, and seven weeks. A month. A month or two. I think this team still wins the division with Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback with that injury. I think he squarely puts the Bills in the window of winning the AFC East and even potentially being the one seed, although I would not be as optimistic of that if he was their quarterback. I would still pick the Bills to win the division if Trubisky was under center for the next month and a half, two months. That's where his value came stabilizing the ship until Allen returns. That is his value to the team. It would be stunning to me if any team in the NFL ever would go on a deep playoff run with him as their quarterback. He's just too limited, and I think we have forgotten what he was in Chicago 
because we have this 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 dream idea of the Bills having one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league and believing that that means more than it actually does. Which is why today I was a little bit banging the drum for the Bills to make a deal for him. Because I think there are guys you can find on the open market. I mentioned Cam Newton is one of them, and there are other mitigating factors to Cam Newton. I don't really think that the locker room is an issue at all, but people will want to tell you that. Like, I think a guy like Cam Newton kind of gives you the same thing in a different way. Trubisky is much better at throwing the football at this point than Cam Newton is. But I think for a month and a half, if Cam Newton had to start on this Buffalo Bills team, I still think they're winning the AFC East. I do. Now, not everybody. I'm not saying everybody would do that. If this, You would have to have brought someone in if you were going to make this move. Because Davis Webb, as the Bills quarterback, I'm not picking him to win the division. I might think you might struggle to even get in the postseason if he had to start multiple games for you. Sounds like a great guy. Allen loves him. He's got a great mental capacity for the game. He's probably going to be a coach when he's done. But no thank you. For that is my number two quarterback, is my insurance policy to Josh Allen. Washington's the team we're talking about here. We don't know what the price was. It had, it would have, in my opinion, had to have been at least a second round pick. At least a second round pick. A first seems pretty wild to me that anybody would do that. Because again, you're if you're trading a first round pick for Mitch Trubisky, you have completely forgotten what he was like in Chicago. Now, I guess you can make a case that, hey, Matt Nagy ruined him, basically. And I think the more we see quarterbacks play for Matt Nagy, that seems likelier and likelier. So I'm not going to rule out completely that that wasn't a part of why Trubisky was, was just not that great over three years. But I think we vastly overvalued what the Bills have under center behind Josh Allen. He's good. He was a great idea, and I hope if he leaves this coming offseason to go be a starting quarterback somewhere, I hope the Bills do the same thing again. I hope they go find someone's failed franchise quarterback, and they bring him in to back up Josh Allen as a guy that can stabilize the ship if he ever gets an injury. Who could that be next year? Tua? Ooh, that's fun. Tua is the Bills' backup quarterback 2022. How about, well, Daniel Jones has probably been too good this year for that. Um, I know this isn't failed backup quarterback. I've always liked Ryan Fitzpatrick for that idea. So I'm going to want them to do this again when Trubisky's gone. But to me, that doesn't mean you can't capitalize on value because you also got to do right by the player. You don't have to, but you might want to. Why'd Trubisky come here? He's looking for the best pathway to restart his career as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And when all of the starting jobs dried up, he might have looked at, all right, where can I go where I can be with really smart coaches, I could sit behind a really strong quarterback, a good culture, a a good offensive minds that can develop quarterbacks. He might have looked at Buffalo for that. Brian Dable and even Davis Webb might have been a part of that. And Ken Dorsey. But maybe they never called New Orleans because Washington's the team we're talking about here. The team I thought about this, though, for was New Orleans. If the Saints come calling and they give you a legit offer, like a second-round pick, a first, again, is crazy to me, maybe it's that, but a second-round pick for Trubisky, and they want to make him their starting quarterback for the rest of the season. You know that's what the player wants. 
you know the agent's going to be pushing for that. You know, you. I think you would want to think that if you deny that player that opportunity, then the next Trubisky that comes around, you're going to have a harder time signing him if it be were to ever become public knowledge or knowledge within the agent community because they would know more so than we would. So, a lot of mitigating factors, but I was kind of on the fence with the Trubisky idea and trading him today. It is interesting to me that the Bills were even considering it, let alone, as Chris Trapasso put it, um, coming exceptionally close to moving on from their backup quarterback. And I would have been very interested to see what the Bills would have done to counter that. If they had moved Trubisky to Washington, maybe hey, maybe they would have got a quarterback in return. Oh, I just love this idea I just thought of. They could have got Fitzpatrick back. Trubisky for a second in Fitzpatrick. Now everyone's going to be on board, right? I know that it's over. The deadline passed three and a half hours ago. But that's how I could have convinced Bills fans that this was a good idea. Is you're getting the draft pick and I'm getting Fitz back. Now he's hurt. So I guess that kind of makes it tougher for my argument that, oh, he's going to stabilize the ship if Josh Allen uh, goes down. But I'm going to tweet that because I like that one. Um, But anyways, that was more of a minor deal anyway. More of a minor deal. Interesting because it's Mitch Trubisky, but more minor. The most interesting thing, the most important deal the Bills were chasing among the two that were kind of put out there is that they called on Von Miller. Von Miller, star pass rusher for the Denver Broncos, he gets dealt yesterday to the LA Rams for second and third round picks and the Broncos take on nine of the nine and a half million dollars in salary. So the Rams... Cap-wise, aren't paying almost anything. They're paying in terms of draft picks. Miller, by the way, four and a half sacks this year in seven games played. 32 years old. He's a legend. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's still great. Immediate upgrade to almost any team in the league at number one pass rusher. Number one edge rusher. It's interesting to me, the Bills are still searching. Right? They're still searching for that elite franchise pass rusher. Now, maybe they have that guy long-term in Gregory Rousseau. I feel better about him right now and the potential that he becomes that than anybody that's ever been at that position for the Bills since Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott took over. That has really been the one that got away for them. Now, again, maybe this question's been answered. Maybe Rousseau is this. Maybe even Epinesa. Although he's kind of come back down to earth, it seems, a bit since the first couple of games of the season. The Bills are still swinging for the fences on that one. They've been trying to find that play-to-play, consistent hellraiser on the edge. That you just know, passing downs, this is the best guy to have on the field. Even today, I don't know what the answer to that question is. Who who are the Bills' best two edge rushers on passing downs right now? I mean, if you ask me, I'm going to tell you it's Gregory Rousseau and Jerry Hughes. Actually, no, I might tell you it's Gregory Rousseau and and A.J. Epinesa. But that's the thing. I think you ask any 10 Bills fans, you might get 10 10 different combinations. Miller would have supplied you, this is the guy. This is the guy that takes our defense to a whole nother level in terms of the edge rushing. They're the best defense in football going right now. In terms of DVOA, a lot of passing leading uh, a lot of passing defense categories statistically that like they are 
They're a great defense. I'm not saying they need to get substantially better. Whatever combination they're using right now is working. But they don't really have the not they've not really had that player. And they've tried. They tried to pay Trent Murphy big money, and it didn't work. They tried to pay Mario Addison big money, and it hasn't really worked. They tried to sp- spend a second-round pick, the first pick they had in that draft last year, on A.J. Epinesa. And it's gone fine, but he hasn't been this hellraiser, this, this elite all-pro guy I'm talking about. Basham hasn't really seen the field yet, so it's really unfair to judge him. But that's a second-round pick that you use, and use the first on Rousseau. And again, I'm not going to really group him in yet and make an indication on what he is for this because we don't really know yet. It's only eight games, and he's actually looked pretty darn good. But the Bills are still swinging. They're, they're trying to trade for Von Miller, or at least they're calling about it. And what the Rams said today, their GM, Les Snead, said they only got two teams interested in Von Miller. It was between two teams. And I think we can probably hazard guess at this point it was the Rams and the Bills. Or the, um, yeah, the Rams and the Bills. The Broncos GM said that, sorry. So, that'll make next offseason interesting too. This is down the road. The Bills are obviously going forward with the group they have. But they wanted an upgrade there. Whatever investment they have poured into that role in the last three or four years, they still felt, They still felt, Brandon Bean still felt, if that report is right, that they called about Von Miller, that they're not not all set there. They are not all set at that position. And they can still get better at it. And you know they desperately want to get better at it because they, I mean, look at all the guys they had this year. They brought, I didn't even mention F.A. Obata in all of this. There was hope that he could have been that player. After a great statistical season last year in Carolina. You might have hoped there was more there with him. He's still on the roster hoping that you can get something out of him. I think that is the only area the Bills really wanted to get to improve. And that they should really want to improve. But I think they're okay. They're good there. They're not great. They're not one of the best units in the league on the defensive line. Because again, play to play, I don't really know who your best pass rushers are. You've got a bunch of good ones. You've got a bunch of good ones. You might have more good ones. You probably have more good ones than anyone in football. Your depth at edge, because you've been desperately chasing this franchise pass rusher, your depth is among the best in the league, if not the best. But they're all just pretty good. And Rousseau and Basham can change that, but because they're rookies and this is a Super Bowl-type team right now, the Bills were looking for that dominant presence right away. Or they were at least curious about it. But I'm glad they weren't willing to pay second and third round picks for Von Miller. I'm glad I'm glad that didn't happen. He's good. I think he might. he's not as good as he used to be. I think if you look a little bit deeper on Von Miller... He's still very good, but is he is he the 20 sack guy that he used to be? Now it's a high bar to put up there. He's great. You know what? Like I don't need to diminish the player. He's he's a great player. But I wasn't ready to give up second and third round picks for a 32 year old head rusher. I wasn't willing to do that. Wasn't ready to do it. I'd rather just keep taking swings next year. 
use those second and third round picks on two more edge rushers next year and see if one of them hits and is great. I think the Bills are so complete as a football team that they're really the opposite of the Rams. You shouldn't feel like you need to spend draft capital to get significantly better. You can do it, and maybe they were willing to do it here to some level, but you don't need to do it. Like the Titans today, compare them to the Titans and where they are. The Titans just lost Derrick Henry for six to ten weeks. He could miss playoff games. Like that's within the realm of possibility. He's their whole season. That one guy. They've built everything offensively around him. It is 20-plus carries a game. It is getting defenses to stack the box against you and still not being able to stop Derrick Henry. And then that allows Ryan Tannehill to kill you in the play-action game because you've only got four defensive backs back there when he's dropping back to pass. And, oh, by the way, he's got two really good receivers. Like, everything kind of sets up through Derrick Henry. That team should feel like they have to make a deal. They didn't today. Now, they signed Adrian Peterson, and maybe they hope that's going to suffice. But if I were in Nashville today talking about the Titans, I'd be saying, go find me the best running back on the market and trade for him. Because if that is going to be Jeremy McNichols and 50-year-old Adrian Peterson for the next 10 weeks, I might be in real trouble. Because they don't have the complete roster all around. They need to be great at that position. They need to be great at that position. Not even just good. They got to be great at it. Because it it drives everything they do. The Bills, I mean, the lucky thing is that position for them is quarterback. But they're so good around the quarterback, that's why I think they'd win the division even if Allen got hurt. Is I think the infrastructure around a Mitch Trubisky type, like you're still going to be good. Very good. So an interesting deadline day, even though nothing happened, just to see what came out about the Bills uh, potentially tried to do. Um, so 803-0550 is the phone number. If you were disappointed the Bills didn't do anything today, uh, we'll talk more football in the next hour. I, I kind of want to go through the Bills versus the NFC. You know, AFC Tuesday tiers I do every day here on the Extra Point Show. Show up and Bulldog do their AFC reverse power rankings. We're always focused on the AFC because – Obvious reasons. They're in the AFC. And we're looking for the one seed. Like, that's kind of what this regular season's been about. We're trying to fend off New England from getting in a real division race, and let's go get that one seed. And for that, we don't care about the NFC. We'll care about them if the Bills go on this deep playoff route and we start to approach the Super Bowl. But I thought it was interesting looking around at other power rankings today, other websites and, and shows and whatnot, that the Bills, like there was one ESPN did today, where the Bills are sixth, and it is five NFC teams above them. Now, the Bills, as I mentioned, are the Super Bowl favorite. But how much of that is how much of that is represented not in how good they are, but how questionable the conference is around them? Versus are they actually better than these NFC teams? I want to go through that. Are the Bills the best team in the NFL? Or are they just the Super Bowl favorite? Because they're the best team in their conference. I want to go through that a little bit when we come back. Kind of compare the Bills to the NFC. Taking your calls at 803-0550. Sabres and Sharks tonight at 1030. Three hours away from puck drop. Two hours away from pregame. Jody Biasi taking your calls after this here on WGR.
plan and prepare during the week for things you're gonna you think you're gonna get and like inevitably it's it's pro football there's gonna be some different things that you get week in and week out you can't have a, a play for a specific coverage on every play like that's just not right. the way it works for us you're gonna have a thousand different plays you know at the end of the day we got to make good decisions with the football and then as the series go on and you kind of get all right this is the formula this is what they're trying to do um, and this is what we're trying to do. Uh, there's audibles that take place. There's maybe alerts that we add to, to certain things. Um, you know, again, they, they, they played a lot of Blitz Zero yesterday, something that they did in the past, but they did it a lot. We're talking, you know, coach to coach on headsets and we're relaying that to the players. And, you know, at the end of the day, the players are the ones out there making the plays. Bill's head coach, whoa, no, Bill's offensive coordinator, Brian Dable. Dolphins throwing some extra stuff at the Bills on Sunday. Maybe part of the reason why they only scored three points in the first half. Ending a streak of 15 games in a row where the Bills had had the lead going into the half. So, college football playoff rankings are out. Number one, Georgia. No controversy there. Everyone knew that was happening. Alabama, number two. Could have probably seen that coming. Michigan State, number three. Oregon, number four, with that head-to-head win over Ohio State. Ohio State is fifth. Cincinnati is sixth. So, effectively, what the committee did is they boxed out Cincinnati from making the college football playoff because Georgia and Alabama being 1-2, I mean, they're going to win out until the SEC championship game. They're both going to be 1-2 and two the whole way. I'd have to think the loser of that game is still going to get in. Especially if it's Georgia only having one loss, and if it's to Bama, they're in. Especially if it's a close game. Michigan State and Ohio State, I mean, they're one, one of them is getting in. And then, as long as Oregon does their business, like Cincinnati doesn't have a path in. What is Cincinnati's path in? Their path in is they need Oregon to lose. You have one pathway in, and you're undefeated. I mean, why, if you're a group of five team, why do you even bother playing? If you're Cincinnati, how can you feel like you... What's the point of ever playing again? I know uh, conference championships, you know. There are arguments for that. But I don't like them. I hate them. I hate the construct of college football more than any any format of any sport. It's just... It's the worst. It does not... It's really the one sport where it's hardest to actually win your championship. Like, the big one. The national championship. Every other sport, there's a path. Pro sports, obviously, there's always a path. New season every year. College basketball has it because of March Madness. There's always a path to to win the national championship. It's at least possible. Soccer, it's, of course, possible. Even it's possible for teams that are like... You know, like a bar league team in the fourth tier of English soccer. It's like, oh, if we go through ten years of... You know, like there's a hundred and plus teams that can win it in soccer because every league is being able to be promoted. They have that through relegation. And every year, you could be the best team. College football, it's, hey, Cincinnati, you are 8-0. You're perfect. Hey, you can win every game the rest of the season. Guess what? Still not getting in unless someone else messes up. That's the worst. That's the absolute worst. How could you ever feel like it's it's valuable to be a fan of these teams? Valuable is not the word I'm looking for there. What, what is it? Is it worth it? 
I just, man, it's it's the worst. It sucks the way that they run it. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. A lot of uh, election coverage, by the way, going on right now over on our sister station, WBEN News Radio 930. And I know that because I've got, there's a lot of people out in the in the office here right now. Food's been ordered. There's a sandwich platter. There, uh, There's chips. There's pop. There's like two liters of uh, Coke out there. What is my place, by the way? Is, is the, the guy down the hall. What is the... What, what do I want here? What is the... I don't want to use pathway games. It's college football. But th- to get one of those sandwiches. Because they just, they just got put out. You got to let everyone out there do it. But what amount of time goes by before you go, Oh, hmm, I'll maybe don't mind if I do. It's got to become apparent at some point that all of the sandwiches or the subs are not going to get eaten. So, an hour? Half hour? I don't know. That's a tough one. But I'm looking at them right now. I have not eaten dinner yet today, and they are looking mighty tasty. A little distracting, not going to lie. 803-0550 is the phone number. All right, com- let's compare the Bills to the NFC for a second. Because they are number one in the odds. To win the Super Bowl. They are plus 500. The next five teams after them are all in the NFC. The Rams and Buccaneers at plus 600. The Cowboys at plus 850. Packers at plus 900. Cardinals at plus 1200. Are they better than these NFC teams? I saw power rankings today at ESPN. The Bills were sixth. They were behind all those NFC teams. And maybe that's played into the odds as well. That part of the reason the Bills are favored all of all, over all of them is because the Bills' competition is Baltimore, who lost to the Chargers, or who lost to Cincinnati. And it's Cincinnati, who lost to the Jets. And it's the Titans, who just lost Derrick Henry. And it's the Chargers, who have lost to now New England and Baltimore back-to-back. And then it's the Raiders, which, which is Derrick Carr. Like, who's that big threat? Do you have one? You might not. Whereas if you want to bet on the Rams, and maybe if you think the Rams are the best team in the league, you might still not think they're a good bet to win the Super Bowl because they've got to go up against the Buccaneers, and they've got to go up against Dak and the Cowboys, and they've got to go up against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and the Cardinals were undefeated until a week ago. Like Kyler Murray's having an MVP-level season. That's a, that's a, man, that's tough to get through that. That's a gauntlet to get through. It's the group of death, to use another soccer analogy. The Bills, again, their competition might just be a lot weaker in the conference. I think that's pretty clear, actually, that it is. Because if I were going to power rank the whole league right now myself, I think there is an argument to be made the Bills are number one, but I think it's only with NFC teams. I don't think there is an argument to put anyone else in the AFC above the Bills. I think the Ravens are a clear number two, and I wouldn't do that with the Ravens right now. The run game's in shambles. And their defense does, isn't that good. I love Lamar Jackson. He's the only reason I'm putting number number two in the conference. But everything around him is kind of kind of slowing down. It's kind of falling apart. And he's holding it together. Allen is a part of a great team overall. I think I'd put the Rams number one. But I think I would put but I would put the Bills number two in the league. I think they're a more complete roster than Green Bay, Arizona, and Dallas. Tampa is getting thrown on 
all year. That's a close one. It would be close between Tampa and Buffalo for me. But I think Ty goes to the Bills because the Buccaneers are just getting passed on all year. They can't get their secondary right, and that's a, that's a bad weakness to have. Among all the weaknesses you could have, that's a bad one. The Bills' weakness is punting, which is a good weakness to have among them. But I think the Rams are the best team in football. Matthew Stafford, to me, has always been, if not an elite quarterback, a near-elite quarterback. We just didn't recognize it because he was he was wearing Lions clothes, <laughs> to be frank. And that organization just represents failure. That uniform just represents failure. And I think we kind of downgraded him just because of the uniform he was wearing. I think he's phenomenal. There's really no flaw in his game. He can push the ball down the field. There's a throw he made to Robert Woods between three defenders on a rope 40 yards down the field. That is like, that's the type of throw where if Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes made it, everyone on social media would it would be going viral. But Matthew Stafford, like it kind of went viral, but not not quite. He's only a part of it. I love the running back. I always have Daryl Henderson. If you ever heard me talk fantasy, I think that's a great player that never got an opportunity. This year, he was forced into duty because of injury, and he's great. They have great receivers, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Van Jefferson has taken a step in his second year as their wide receiver. they got a good tight end in Tyler Higbee. they got a very good offensive line. And they've got one of the best defenses in football. That just also added Von Miller. The Rams are legitimate. I think they're, right now, the best team in football. Now, is the gap between them and the Bills all that much? I don't think so. I think you can make a case the Bills are the best team. I wouldn't do it. I just did it for the Rams. I'd put the Bills number two, though. I wouldn't put them sixth like ESPN did. I think you can make a real case the Bills are the best team in football, not just the best team in the conference. But one thing is very clear. The Bills do deserve to be the Super Bowl favorite because they have much easier competition around them in this conference right now, or at least it appears that to be the case, versus what you have in the NFC where – Man, it'd be very easy to see any of those six that I just mentioned. Rams, Bucks, Cowboys, Packers, Cardinals making the Super Bowl. That's five teams, by the way. Just realized. Right? Yeah, five teams. 803-0550 is the phone number. Jody Biasi on the on the nightcap. Uh, 9.30 pregame for Sabres and Sharks. 10.30 puck drop. It's coming your way in a little bit here on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. We're going to be going to 8.30 tonight, by the way. 8.30 tonight. And then NASCAR Live will lead you into Sabres pregame at 9.30. Puck drop, Sabres and Sharks is at 10.30. I'm like, this college football playoff, I, like, I'm into it again. You know what gets me into the college football playoff and what gets me interested? It's being upset, and maybe this is a this is a tough way to live. It's being upset that these smaller school teams are being disrespected. And that is happening right now with Cincinnati and I think Wake Forest. Like what again, why play the games? Wake Forest could win the eight. I feel like Wake Forest would have to get in, right? 
Like they're kind of setting you up to make you think that maybe they don't have to. Wake Forest is undefeated. They play in a they play in a Big Five conference. They play in the ACC. They are running teams out of their building. They won. 45 to 7 over Duke. They scored 70 on Army the week before. I guess they don't really have a great win on their schedule is the reason why they're as low as they are. They've not beat a ranked team all year. They do not play a ranked team all year. They play Clemson on November 20th, but Clemson's not that good. And then they'll play the ACC champion or they'll play in the ACC championship game. And as I look at the AFC right or the ACC right now, Pitt is ranked 25th. I, you beat Pitt in the ACC championship game. I, I feel like you still got to get in, don't you? I feel like you have to. You can't keep out a conference winner that's undefeated. But if they ever do it, I feel like this would be the time to do it. And there will be some upset people. It, by the way, doesn't help that Wake Forest is not a big program. It is... Among the Power 5 programs, one of the smallest brands that you have. And I always think there is some nonsense going on in those committee meetings. Like, well, we got to get Notre Dame in because look at the ratings. There, There's definitely some of that going on. I hope they do it, though. I want the argument. I want the controversy. That makes it interesting. And I'm also sick of... Of seeing the same schools over and over and over. It's always Alabama, the second best SEC team, Clemson, and Ohio State. That's college football the last 10 years. Notre Dame, once in a while. And who needs them? That was a low blow at Notre Dame. There are definitely Notre Dame fans listening right now like, whoa, what was that about? I just, they're the worst. So annoying. So annoying. There's no more annoying team to me in sports than the Notre Dame fighting Irish football team. They're the Cowboys for me. They're the Dallas Cowboys. The Leafs. They get loads of attention, and they're never really that good. They're never really that great. It's a story if they are a great team. Like, they'll have years here and there where they are, but... They, they almost never, 80% of the time, they don't deserve the, 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 the talk that they get. But it's because their fan bases are so big. I recognize why that happens. Anyways, we'll take a timeout now. Uh, if you missed my AFC Tuesday tiers earlier, I want to bring that back for you um, on Extra Point Show. I Tier base rankings of the AFC. Where do the Bills land? Um, I got six tiers, and we'll go through it because it's a very tough week to do it. Everyone is stumbling. Everyone is beating each other. Uh, So we'll do AFC Tuesday tiers when we come back here on the Nightcap. And then NASCAR Live followed by Sabres pregame starting at 9.30. Sabres and Sharks 10.30. That's all on the way here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.